We've been gone for a minute, but now we're back with the jump off. Inside the green room, Andy Green, Harrison Sanford, a little music trivia to start this 2024 season of Inside the Green Room. Danny, who said that? We've been gone for a minute, but we're now back we're back with the, with the jump off. If, if I'm not mistaken, the song is Jump Off. And is that not, is that Joe Buttons? Nah, come on, bro. It's been so, so long ago. Who's the song the is called Jump Off? We've been gone yes. for a minute, but now we're back with the jump off. Oh, now I'm gonna. I, I, feel, like more a, I feel like it's a. Is that a Jewel? You want is more lyrics? Is that a Jewel? I feel now like I'm gonna this give you was all a, Was this a one hit wonder type of guy? Because I'm no, be, it was not. Is it Jewel? It's not Jewel Santana. Dipset. Is this a Dipset thing? Nah. Oh, uh, hold on. Uh, now I, I didn't even realize I was gonna end up going this far. Here we go. <laughs> now. All right, now I'm going to actually read you the lyrics. Hold on. Okay. I've been gone for a minute. Now I'm back with the jump off. Goons in the club in case something jumps off. Come on now. You know this. Yeah, I do know it. I just, bro, it's so long ago. It's 20, it has been 20 back, years ago. And back up before the hive lets the pumps off. In the graveyard is where you get dumped off. Get yeah. it yet? Still don't get it? <laughs> no, nah, Banks, Lloyd Banks. No, you're you're, uh, you're 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 very off base. All right, this is where you. This is why I think you're gonna get it. I know it's not banks. I thought it was for sure Joe Buttons. I thought it was for Buttons. All we want to do is party and buy everybody in the bar Bacardi. Come on, bro. Seriously, is this a one? This is not a one hit wonder. Black Barbie dressed in Bulgari. I'm trying to leave oh, it somebody's Ferrari. So that makes it uh, Nikki. There you go. But this, <laughs> no, this, it's not Nikki. So then, who is this? Oh, uh, I'm. I've been going for a minute now. I'm back with the jump off goons in the club in case something jumps off and back up before the hive lets the pumps off. In the graveyard is where you get dumped off. All we want to do is party and buy everybody in the bar Picardi. Black Barbie Nikki? dressed in Bulgari. I'm trying to leave it somebody's Ferrari. Spread love. That's what Look a him. real mod do. There we go. Okay. Keep it gangster. Look out for her people. <laughs> Hold on. Now I got to finish it. There's finish. only one other black Barbie, bro. You know I'm, I'm the wicked blank in the East. You better keep mm -hmm. the peace or come out or come, or come out the beast. We still the wait. We the best. There's still room for improvement. Our presence is felt like the Black Panther movement. Seven, <laughs> seven quarter to eights back to back with them. And I'm still sitting on chrome seven times platinum. This is for yeah. my peeps with the Bentleys, the Hummers, the Benz. Escalade 23 inch rims. All right, that's enough. All right, all right, all right Yeah. So who else was with that with, though? It was just Kim or somebody else with that, I feel like. Uh oh, there it goes. There, yeah, there we go. And Mr. Cheeks. Okay. That's who <laughs> that's whose song it is, right? Mr. Cheeks' song. He's nah, it's little Kim featuring Mr. Cheeks from the Lost Boys. Okay. Okay. Mr. Cheeks, what a name. All right, everybody, <laughs> welcome into Inside the Green Room. 2020-24 is here. Happy New Year. Uh, for today's show, we are going to uh, look ahead to some predictions that we have for the year of 2024. And we, of course, are going to get uh, involved or have some discussions rather yet of the trade season that is upon us, especially with the trade that has already happened so far. But before we do that, uh, a little reminder, a little request. Guys, please rate subscribe there we go please subscribe review. rate and review uh yeah. the pod and keep us going uh with that being said let's just get right into the nba talk why don't we actually i'm sorry i can't because i gotta figure out how danny spent his new year because you weren't even 
in the United States. Give the people give the people an update. Please. Oh man, it's been a, a hell of a last two weeks for your boy. I luckily he's been able to get a haircut and a shower recently. Uh, we were in the air, me and uh, Amjad, our producer, uh, was traveling. We took a little tour. I was in Houston for the holidays for Christmas with the in-laws. And before that, I did a Christmas party with the family in New York. My dad had one. And uh, before that, I was in San Antonio for a little Christmas holiday clinic. Uh, but after all that, when I got back from Houston, I went straight to China. I went to China for a couple-day tour just to, you know, do a little thing with a a friend of ours, a longtime friend of mine from long way back ago, said, you know, it's a good little thing, branding uh, idea. So we went there, but we were supposed to be back by the new year. Um, it didn't happen. A lot of things got mixed up. We won't get into detail, but end up having to get a flight that didn't get back. It was supposed to get back originally at 7 p.m. on New Year's Eve. We didn't get back mm. till 7 a.m. January mm. 1st. So we got so a detour. the ball dropped while you on the, on the on the plane. We ended up taking a flight from Shanghai, which we had to drive two and a half hours to from Hangzhou. Shanghai, two and a half hour drive to Seattle, Damn. to Salt Lake City, to New York. We were in Salt Lake City when the ball dropped in the Delta Lounge, cheersing up a little champagne and ended up taking off when it was midnight our time in Salt Lake during that time. But the ball dropped in the East Coast when we were in the Delta Lounge. And we ended up getting back to New York at 7 a.m. Then I had a little drive, two, another two-hour drive to Philly after that. So it's been uh, it's been hectic, man. And the little one uh, has been under the weather as of late as well. So we're trying to get him healthy. So I've been up late nights mm. doing the night shift. So yeah, sleep is not a... It hasn't been a close friend of mine as of late. Yeah, not in 2024 so far. Yeah. I find that so, I mean, that's so unique. You're probably, I mean, I'm sure people have, but like in the air on New Year's Eve, uh, was it crowded? Like, how was it? I mean, was it cel was it celebratory? Like, what's the vibes? Me and Jed were talking about it, and he's like, probably nobody does this. And, and, and it seems like more people do it than we realize. You know, a lot of people mm. traveling on New Year's Eve, a lot of people in and out of the airports, you know, getting places, trying to get places. Um, in the air, they didn't really cheers or do anything or celebrate because I think the ball had been dropped and done by the time we took off, especially mm. in the East Coast. Uh, a lot of people in the lounge, even though there weren't as many in the lounge at the time, were Happy New Year cheersing to each other. Um, but yeah, more people travel than you think on New Year's. You probably get Eve. some. You probably get some decent flight prices if you fly on New Year's Eve. Probably, I think a lot of it is not by design. Though. I think most people end up flying because of. Missed flights, overbookings, like it's usually by mistake. And most people end up in the air or in the airports yeah. and they don't want to be because of something happened where plans got detoured, like the detour or something got canceled or something changed. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I, for, for, for my New Year's, I had people over at my place. And I'll tell you this, Danny, never, ever, never, ever, 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 ever again allow people to use party poppers in your apartment. Oh, you gotta clean that shit up. There is still, I, bro. I spent hours cleaning, Fucking and there's still, everywhere. there's still glitter. If there's glitter on my ceiling, I don't know if y'all can see it on the. Gotta on get the you video, a Dyson still, kid. You gotta do a Dyson. You gotta get your Dyson uh, handy dandy. See. We, we, they're, they're I'm expensive. Not I'm not spending over. I, I'm not buying a cleaning utensil that gets into the triple digits. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not buying any vacuum that's un that's over a hundred dollars. Really, it's not happening. No. It's an investment, bro. It's an investment. It's like a computer. You're gonna use it every day for years. I can't reconcile. I could just use a fifty dollar vacuum. 
I can't reconcile use it. I can't reconcile spending that much money on. I'm just like there's certain things I just don't understand why they cost or how much they cost. And vacuums is a, is one of them. I understand you might have an elite vacuum, but I just can't. I can't reconcile that. It's an an investment. It is cordless. It gets into places you don't normally can get into easily. It goes everywhere, anywhere. Cars. It can be used. It's a, an investment. Now I know what to get you all for right. Christmas or your birthday. So yeah, yeah. so good. We'll put it on the list. <laughs> put it on the list. All right, let's get into the NBA talk. Why don't we? Uh, the biggest news that's happened over the past week: uh, the New York Knicks have made a trade, and they are now uh, now on their roster. OG Ananobi and Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn for the price of getting OG Ananobi, who headlined that deal. They had to trade away RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and a second round pick, which is owed to the Pistons. So it's really like another first round pick if you really want to if you really want to break it down so not a bad in my opinion danny i think it's a good deal for both sides uh the knicks had a glut of wings they consolidated by getting og and og being a premier defender they could they, they now have i think two defenders that they can trust in the playoffs to guard a jalen brown and jason tatum to guard a jimmy butler i still don't think they have an answer for joel Embiid because especially with mitchell robinson being out for the season and i don't think they have an answer for Giannis Antetokounmpo, but they have an answer for like the dame lillards of the world maybe a tyrese halliburton of the world they have an answer for jason tatum and all that so i like the deal for the knicks uh, and I also like it for the Raptors, too, as they usher in a new era of basketball there in Toronto. What were your initial impressions? I, I like the trade. I thought it was uh, good for both sides as well. I don't think it moved the needle much for both sides, but it just changed the dynamic of the team. Mm. It gave Toronto some depth, more depth, uh, in a sense. And I gave and a I think point it guard gave, of the future for sure. And it gave the Knicks. Uh, well, you know, Schroeder's there for two years, so he's not a two-year deal. He's there for, but for the future, yes, Quick is a good point guard to have uh, to base your franchise around, you know, long term if you want to keep him. I don't think the Knicks could have kept him for long or no. afford him. Would have made sense tough. to pay him and Brunson. Yeah, but I think it was great pickup. Precious, I think, was the, the, the people are underestimating pickup in the deal, you know, especially with Mitchell Robinson being out, and they had to sign Taj. I love Taj. Taj's a little older now, but... You know, you need some younger legs in there to keep, you know, it's hard to play Taj for, you know, 40 some minutes a game. Um, and Sims, right? That's, that's their centers right yeah, now. Sims, 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 Sims has been hurt. He should be back in a while. But yeah, right now they've just been surviving. They were just surviving with Hartenstein. And Hartenstein yeah. been playing well. Who's been but, very good. He's very good too. Yeah. But backup, backup wise, it's hard. You know what I'm saying? With just Taj and Sims. Sims who's hurt. I think Precious mm-hmm. is a good pickup. And I think OG is a, is a great pickup. You know, there's always... He, he plays both sides of the ball, can shoot the three, I think, a little more consistently. You know, RJ Barrett had a hell of a year last year, but I think this year has been a little streaky up and down and has never been known as a three-point shooter. I think OG gives him a little bit more space in that factor and more of an athlete and a uh, defender. RJ Barrett was a good defender as well, but, you know, obviously OG. OG is uh, another I level. Another level, next level up. You know, and they hold him in high – the league holds him in high regard for good reason. He does a lot of good things. He does a lot of things well and, and great, so – Great pickup on both sides. I think it just changed the dynamic. I still don't think it moves the needle for either one of these teams in terms of contention. Um, I still think Knicks are a piece away, and I think Toronto's mm-hmm. a couple pieces away, and I think they're figuring it out and trying to start over, which leads into the next topic of what do you think they do next and how do you think they move that person next if we're speaking about Toronto? Yeah, well, yeah, we could. Yeah, I w- I'm going to save more on the Knicks for later on the show when we do our 2024 predictions. But we could, yeah, we should definitely talk about what was going down in Toronto now. Now that Pascal Siakam is the only player left 
from the Toronto Raptors title season, which obviously you were a part of. Um, at this point, he what the Raptors have done previously, holding on to Fred Van Fleet past the trading deadline and eventually losing him for nothing, holding on to Kyle Lowry past the trading deadline, losing him for nothing. It is absolutely inexcusable, borderline criminal, if Bobby Webster and Masai Ujiri let Pascal Siakam stay on that roster past the trading deadline and they eventually lose him for nothing. That's the last piece of your championship run. You have to salvage it by getting something. And I think they've gotten they've gotten off the hook. Like, if I was a Raptors fan, I'd be pissed we lost Fred Van Fleet for nothing. Like, especially because we didn't even make a playoff run. So what was, for what? What did we keep him for? Uh, but at the end of the day, even if it's a deal that they feel is unsatisfactory, you got to get something back. I think he would be a dynamic piece. You know where? You know what? Actually, that's it. I already know where I want him to go. Yeah, tell me. That's one of your. Where do you think he should go? The What's Dallas the best Mavericks. Okay. Why and for who? I. Well, let me let me pull up the roster. Oh, I gotta pull up the. Mavericks I'll give roster. you mine while you go ahead. Yeah, you your, do. Your, yeah, do your, your roster. Yeah, I think it's better for him. I think it's Miami to missed out on too many people um, in the Ooh. past couple of years. I think it's best for Miami to make a push and run at him. And you're going to have to give him some pieces you may not like. But Toronto, I think, will will take the bait. And Jaime Jaquez is one of those guys that you can put in you know, put in the deal to get. I don't feel seven. like the Heat the Heat would do. I feel like the Heat are not a team that would, would give up somebody like that. For sure. But you're going to have to give up a younger piece to get Pascal, somebody with good potential. They got quickly over there they need somebody to compliment that uh, a young that can grow up together in an in era and like potentially be something in the next three or four years i think you're gonna have to come up off him and i know there's some pieces there you may not want to and some other wings you might have there but um i'm trying to think of who else you might move in miami uh, other than duncan robinson um you know and, and jaime but i think you can get them from duncan robinson jaime Jaquez, and uh some picks so I think that'll be a good fit. It gives, you know, obviously Jimmy during the season has some injuries and takes some rest. It gives him some time to, and bam, you know, off the ball a little bit. But I guess I think it gives him another look, you know, in terms of you know offensive and defensive do you, you know, do you, system in Miami. I don't know. I, I mean, obviously they're not they're not the Pistons, but I'm looking. I look at Jalen Duran and I look at Isaiah Isaiah Stewart, and I'm like that four or five combo don't work. I look at Jared Allen. And Evan Mobley, and I'm like, they're talented, but that four or five combo don't work. I don't know if Siakam and Pam, Bam, even though if there's anybody who can make it work, it'll be Eric Spostra. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that will work. And, may, and I'm also saying that too, because as a Knicks fan, I'm not trying to see any other team in the East get better. I like, sure. it, I like it how it stands right now with only the Celtics looking like a really good team. I'm well, down with that. I will say Pascal shoots a little better than Isaiah Stewart. And of course, Evan Mobley. So that's why I think you can make it work. And I think they're both very athletic, better athletes than the other two tandems you mentioned. But the fact that Pascal has continued to work on a jump shot and is a better shooter than those other fours makes it easier for it to work in that system. But I do think you need to surround him and Bam with more shooters. Tyler Hero's only one in Duncan Robinson right now. You got you know Caleb Martin over there, but I think you need to find Kevin Love. You need to find more wings, uh, you know, threats. To, to keep the space, the floor open for them if you end up trading for them. But I do like Dallas, too. I want to hear why you got Dallas and see the roster spot. I like Dallas is probably the best fit for him. 
Yeah, I mean, what I'm seeing online, you could do a potential trade of like the Jaden Hardy with Tim Hardaway Jr. Josh Green. Uh, and, and, and definitely, you're definitely going to have to include Josh Green. And if I was the Raptors, I'd be very interested in Josh Green, a player who doesn't and need Hardy. the ball. His, you need Green and Hardy because they want younger guys. You're going to need younger guys. If yeah. you're starting over, you got to get the younger guys. So Hardy and Green for sure. Green, Hardy, and Hardaway because you're going to have to put Hardaway in to make the money match. Um, I think that's a good deal for the, for the Dallas Mavericks. One, uh, you already you already committed to Kyrie Irving by trading for him, and give, you might as well maximize this roster now and get rid of all the youth and and just see what you could do. I mean, the way Luca's playing right now, he could he could be easily be the best player on a championship team. He just needs guys around him. Pascal Siakam, I think, perfectly slots into their, your number three star. He could be a he could be a defender as well. And he's obviously been to an NBA Finals before, so he's got the credibility and he's got the experience. I think it's a perfect fit. And even if, and even if, even if you don't re-sign him, all right, it was. I think that's worth you the shot. It. Yeah. It's worth. It's worth it. Jo- as 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 solid as Josh Green could be for the next, you know, eight to ten years in the NBA, he's. I don't think he's ever going to pan out to be a Pascal Siakam. So I don't think you lose. It, it's. It, I think you could you could afford to lose him it's a for the for the. For the potential chance that you have, because if you look at the West right now, nobody's running away with it. And I wouldn't want to play Luca the way Luca can hoop. That's me. That's what I would do. I think that's a good fit. Um, there's a there's a plethora of teams that could use him. There's a plethora of teams that could trade for him. You can go OKC, you can go Philly, you can go, you know, obviously Miami and Dallas. Um, but there's a lot of t- even LA is always a factor. And when it comes to trades and, and making big moves. So yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. Um we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It, it should be it should be fun. I, I got one more question on well, two more questions on the, the Raptors. One, obviously you were there with OG when you guys won a title, but if if you guys don't remember, OG did not play during the type during the title run because he was hurt. I think he had the uh, the appendix was it yeah, appendix? something burst. Yeah, I think it's appendix yeah. burst. Appendix mm-hmm. burst. Okay. How do you okay? Eventually, they're going to trade Pascal Siakam. We all believe. How do you think OG Adenobi thinks about his time in Toronto, particularly the title run, considering he didn't play in the playoffs? Like he was obviously a key player. He was there for the regular season. How do you think? Yeah. And how uh, how do you think it sits with him? And, and and I could also just ask you, how would it have sat with you? Let's say, let's say. You won the title in, in, with the Raptors, but you didn't mm-hmm. play any post. But you didn't play a single postseason game. Yeah. But obviously, you were very vital during the regular season. How would you feel leaving there? I would feel kind of robbed of the experience, or not really a big part of the experience. And I wouldn't mm. consider me personally. I wouldn't consider myself, you know, a part like a, a big part of it. Or I would still want to win one on my own. You know, what I'm saying on my own or being a, a factor or a piece. Doesn't mean he wasn't a big part of our team. You know, everybody was a big part of our team from Jody Meeks to Jeremy Lin, guys that prepared us um, day in and day out for practice um, that we had there. Uh, And OG was one of those guys during the whole season, helped us win games on regular season and in practice, you know, pushed us. Um, Even though he wasn't a part of the the postseason, he was a big factor. But personally for me, I would think that I don't know how he feels. I would assume probably the same of, you know, I was a part of the team, but not, you know, early there when I wanted to be. I didn't get a chance to be on the floor the way I wanted to be. And I think that kind of motivates him to kind of win one on with him being, you know, an impactful piece on the floor. Um so yeah, man. It's a it's a weird scenario. It's a weird situation. But there's some guys, they may feel like, you know what, I, I won one. I was a part of that team. 
Um, yeah. Even guys that got traded midseason, some that, some that get rings, some guys get rings when they're not even on the roster at the end of the season. And they're like, you know, like I, was, JV I was on that team. didn't get a ring. Yeah, well, Toronto guys didn't get a ring. I know in LA we had a couple guys that were given rings that weren't with us in the bubble. You know, we ended up picking up mm. J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters. Uh, but Troy Daniels got a ring. You know, they offered DeMarcus Cousins a ring. Uh, Avery Badley, they offered a ring. You know, certain guys that weren't in the bubble still got offered a ring. And very much so feel that they they were part of the team. So it's all preference, man. But my personal preference, I would like to be on the floor and a part of the, you know part of that team For of sure. making plays. I don't know how OG would feel or, or feels at this moment about that. For sure. All right. So last last thing about Toronto. So eventually they're going to trade Pascal Siakam or he's going to leave and free agent be all believe. How do you think? How do you think it goes? When the celebration of what y'all did happens again, when do you when do you think it happens? Because I mean, for sure, I don't know if it's going to be the tenth and so at <laughs> okay. some point, what y'all did is going to be commemorated. It's going to okay. be commemorated again. Yes, at some point, is it going to be five years from now? It's going to be ten years, twenty years? Who knows? How do you do you envision what that might look like? Is it something that you would want to happen for that? Like Drake should be there. Like I don't know, but like. I feel like it's so it was so monumental that like that once Pascal is traded away, you can start really thinking about it. Yes, I think it's going to be when those guys' careers are over. Pascal, Kawhi, it's only right to do it ten years from now. I I, I don't know if they could continue. I know Kawhi may not be playing for ten years from now. Pascal maybe, um, Fred maybe, but I think ten years from now it, it makes sense when everybody's done playing, and you know we're all a little older. I would like for it to just have a you know good standing ovation. Us get a chance to watch a new Toronto Raptors team that's probably doing well on a playoff run, mm-hmm. and us being honored, and you know, maybe getting some new updated jackets. You know, you never know. Mm-hmm. So, you know. okay. Oh, another trade. Oh, another trade that I would like. Remember, we talked about trades that we'd like to see. Like I said, uh, uh, I would like to see Andre Drummond um, with OKC. How about this? The Warriors. Trade Andrew Wiggins mm-hmm. uh, to the Raptors for Pascal Siakam. That's not a How bad about idea. That one. That's a good. That's a good move for them uh, if they can make it. Um, they obviously made him the money. Probably the money probably fits. I mean, close. Yeah. If not, yeah, I think it makes sense. You know, I mean, obviously Wiggs is coming off the bench late as of late, and he's picked up his play. He's been playing better, but he's only playing. Uh, he's not playing the same amount of minutes. Um, he's not the production is a lot different now with, with Draymond not playing on the floor and with a different team with Jordan Poole, there's more tension on him. Um, him and Clay have you know some ups and downs. Even Steph, for a guy who's having uh, a tougher year the last couple of games, he's still averaging 27, 4 and 4, something like that. He's averaging great numbers. Mm-hmm. But you know, Steph and Clay have been, you know, up and down and they need some some help out there. Draymond hopefully is, will be back soon. Um, but they are struggling. They're struggling with with that and the depth, you know. Trace has done a great job for them rebounding-wise. Kevin Looney's been decent. Gary Payton's been hurt. CP has been in and out, but he's been back and playing decent. Uh, but I think they do lack the depth. And said some another person like Pascal Siakam to take that attention off of, you know, Clay and Steph where they get more looks or more open looks. And I think Draymond's yeah. a big part of that as well. And defensively, it'll help them too with the defense and rebounding. I guess what they're pretty much they're, they're lacking. Uh, but Zimski's been playing well. He's been great. You know, he's been a steal for them. And uh, some other guys have stepped up and played well. So Moody, 
uh, it's been interesting to watch but i said we'll see if they make you know they said they made them available we'll see if they make any moves we'll see who else is on the table to be made available so it's going to be interesting yeah. They're going to be interesting. Speaking of those Warriors, I have included them uh, in my predictions for 2024. Uh, we'll get to our predictions of 2024 when we come back from the break. Be right back. Welcome back. More inside the green room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. You guys already know the vibes. Uh, all right, time to get to our 2024 predictions. But before we do that, uh, let's give a little golf clap to the Detroit Pistons. Finally ended that losing streak. Uh, I know it must have been going through. They must have been going through it. Danny, could you imagine what it might have felt like to be in that locker room? Especially you. I mean, what you you have one of the best winning percentages all time as an individual over the last decade. I couldn't yeah. imagine you being in that circumstance. Man, yeah, no, I couldn't imagine. That's that's a tough one. And dark days, and it's not doesn't help any that the probably the weather there isn't great either. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're in a, in a city where they can wake up to the sun and be on the beach and kind of get their mind off of it. Um, you've come to practice every day. You're in a gloomy city where it's cold, probably snowing, and having to lose most of those games or lose every day. It's got to be depressing, man. So I'm sure a weight was lifted off their shoulders. Um, now and hopefully said hopefully it turns around obviously they're not gonna all of a sudden just make the playoffs but hopefully it turns around where they can still be playing better basketball more positive energy around them to where they can get a couple wins here and there you know yeah no for sure and and, and for the future of the head coaches of the nba uh you guys should uh whoever they are if it might be future head coaches who might be listening uh they should be rooting for monty williams because this past off season he signed a deal that was 6 years 78 million dollars the record is 3 and 30 greg popovich, popovich by the way signed a contract extension this off season 5 years 80 million dollars so he's making 16 million dollars a year what is the spurs record 5 and 28 how about the third highest paid coach in the NBA, Steve Kerr, at $9.5 million, 16 and 17. So uh if the if the pay, if the if the if the contract statuses or the contract numbers for head coaches, if uh future head coaches want them to stay at that number, uh you're gonna need the guys who are making the most dough to get some wins. Cause as of right now, the math is not math and Danny. It's tough uh, for the two teams at the bottom, for sure, but they're not expected to do anything great. You know, Detroit and San Antonio, expectations are a little lower than Golden State. Uh, Golden yeah, State's still trying sure. to figure it out, and they've had the big three. So I wouldn't say there's no excuse for Golden State, but they have less reasons to be where they are uh, and less excuses to be where they are. They need to, you know, figure it out, find a way, because it's not like you traded away and let your big three go. You let you still kept your big three. You traded away Jordan Poole. You got back CP. Um, which I don't think was the, I mean, the greatest move, obviously showing it wasn't the greatest move. I, I would have tried to make them make, made it work somehow or made them figure it out between Draymond and Jordan um, because it was I a formula that was, yeah. that was working and you were younger with Jordan. Uh, but yeah, you know, CP is is still playing well and, and passing the ball well, getting assists here and there and running the floor and the game's easier for him there. But they're not winning games. You know, Wiggs is playing a little differently than the past and different role. Draymond has been available as much. Um, and, you know, Clay has been up and down. Steph, uh, same some nights, but he's been the most stable and consistent guy you have with Steph, but he needs help. Uh, so San Antonio, we knew it was going to take a couple years, even though they got Wemby. 
Detroit, we knew it was going to take some time. They're going to give those guys, you know, two or three years before they they are forced to figure out or turn it around in San Antonio and Detroit. But Golden State, they don't have as much time. I think a lot has changed since um, Bob Myers left. So, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Before we – one more thing before we get to the 2024 predictions. I made this statement – uh, earlier today uh, on uh, Inside the Association uh, that you guys, you guys can find that on Stadium Network uh, about once a week, once or twice a week, you'll see Sham Sharania, the NBA insider, on the show as well. So find that on Stadium Inside the Association, 3 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. I made this statement to my co-host there, Danny, that mm-hmm. I believe if they play to their max potential, the Memphis Grizzlies big three of John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson mm-hmm. could, could end up being better than the Golden State Warriors big three. Not more comp, not more accomplished. Mm-hmm. Not because obviously it's gonna be very hard to win four titles. Four titles, yeah. But as it as the individual those three players versus those three players. At their max potential, and obviously we've probably seen the max potential for the Warriors' big three. I truly believe that the Grizzlies' big three of John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr. as individuals and as a three as a trio together could have could be could be as players just as good, if not better, than the Warriors' big three. I I could see that. I could see that. I could see Jaron mentally. It's mostly more mental for Jaron. I think Jaron definitely more. Has higher potential than Draymond. We all know that yes. talent wise, and he's already one defensive. Year, and he's already one defensive already player won. of the year. He's got to lock in and mentally grow, and he's still very young, so he can definitely be better than Draymond um, in terms of all he around could be leaps player. And, he could be leaps, leaps and, bounds and bounds better than Draymond, and that's no offense to Draymond. Des can definitely match you know Clay's potential talent. The way he shoots the ball, he shoots it at forty two a clip. At his young age, he's been averaging twenty plus for. Some time now. This year has been up higher because everybody's been out. I could see him averaging 2025. Um, he could definitely match Clay's. I don't know if he could surpass Clay, but he could definitely catch, you know, the the talent and I wouldn't say the resume, but numbers wise, individually, I think he can meet those milestones. Uh, and maybe it's it's tough being an all star in the West, though. So I don't know if all three of them could be all stars unless they get number one seeds from here on out. And that's Jai has to stay healthy and, and on the court and available. 12 obviously can be an MVP caliber player. And he's shown yes. that and proven it in the last, in just five games, you know, in six games that he's been back. The fact that they were a bottom tier team at the bottom list and then went from right that to, you know, should, this team could, put, could, could potentially make the playoffs. You don't want to see them if they're healthy in the playoffs, if they bring Brandon Clark back, Steve Adams mm. just so happens to come back. You don't want to match up with this group and, and him showing how valuable he is to this team and the league. He could definitely be an MVP caliber player, so he could he could match Steph's res. Let's say res, individual resume. Maybe it's tough. It's hard to catch Steph. Steph is one that's going to be yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, ja yeah. Catch the- is special enough to be close to it. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they could match the resume because again, it's going to be hard to win NBA titles. This is where you hard- even out. You have you have Dr- Jaron be more than Draymond. Way then, more than yes. Way more than Draymond, which makes it more even, and Ja close to Steph. So that you know, what I'm saying is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying that's a little poor yeah, little here, I, take a little out here. You know, it makes them kind of that that even out. Yeah, they were looking at me like I was crazy. I'm not saying they're gonna win four NBA titles and go down as a dynasty. I'm just saying as individual players, those three versus those three individual talents. Those guys, if they can match if they if they the yeah, if they get to their potential, yeah, it's not bad. That can make some all stars. 
Yeah, they can all three of them make all star selections for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got two all stars and one MVP, both sides. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, all right. Predictions for 2024. Uh, I'll go first since we were just talking about the Warriors. I think the Warriors' big four will not be intact by the end of 2024. And I'm not, the big four includes Steve Kerr. So you got Steve Kerr, Draymond Green, Steph gotcha. Curry, and Clay Thompson. I think by the end of 2024, if not by the end of the 2023-24 season, the big three won't be intact, whether it's Steve Kerr uh, and that ownership group really trying to you know, reconcile, potentially paying him over $10 million per year, uh, particularly with the roster the way it is right now. Um, or it might, may it be Clay Thompson who doesn't get the contract that he wants. Uh, mm-hmm. Or or another candidate, let's keep it real here, could be Draymond Green. Because he keeps because of his suspension and his consistent uh, issues that he's having on the court in terms of being being available. So I think and I don't and the way the West is set up right now, I think there there's a there's a chance that they don't even make the play in. So it's a big chance. And and at that and and what they have to pay those guys to be there for the product that they're putting out, the math is not mathing. My first prediction of 2024. The Golden State Warriors big four, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steve Kerr will not be intact by the end of the calendar year. There's a big chance that 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 happens, that they break up or one of those guys moves somehow, some way. I do think they make the plan or make the playoffs this year. They'll figure it out. But yes, my prediction, if we're going to go with breakups, I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. Mm. I think by the end of the 2024 year calendar year, I don't see that big three staying together. Um, I see it being short-lived. I see and eventually somebody wanting out. I see eventually, I mean, Frank Vogel just got there, so I don't think they move him, but one of those guys, and Book is the last of the Mohicans. Yeah, you on can't, that team you can't that move Book. The Book is the franchise guy. Unless he and, wants to leave, but I think the other two, some way, some crazy. shape or form, you're going to find or get pieces for one of those other guys. But Bradley, remember, don't forget, Bradley Beal has a no-trade clause. It came with him from Washington, so. He can wave it. Yeah, of course. It's up to him if he wants to. If it's up to him, if they find a trade for him, it's up to him to say, I'll take it. But if I'm Bradley Beal, why would I want to get traded? Unless they tell you, yo, we really don't want you here. If you want to get another contract and be the man somewhere else and you're able to do it or win somewhere else, if you want that, you know, because he's been injured, he may not be able to, he might be he's the third wheel, not the third wheel, but he's option three on this team. You know, it's, it's pretty given yeah, it's at clear. this point. That's pretty clear. He's never been option three. He's never been a third option. That may mess with him mentally, may mess with him physically, may mess with his individual uh, success. And which, in his mind, you know, I'm not ready to take a backseat to being a, not a superstar or still not yeah, being a especially max if we're player. not, especially if we're not winning. Yes. So if you're not winning and you're not producing the same as you were, some teams may not value as a max player as much anymore. Mm. May not be okay with that. I could see him saying, I'll wave this clause to be in a better situation, better position to where I can build my own team around me. I'm still young enough to find pieces around me and I can still be either option one, one B or still, you know, option two, at least. Yeah. I, and and obviously too, even just with the structure of the team, if I, I, one B is two, but you know, still option one or or two. (laughs) If I, if I was Bradley Beal, it, it would be hard for me to reconcile not having a true point guard and Devin Booker has been playing well as a distributor playmaker. But at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. Devin Booker shouldn't have the ball in his hands as much as he does. Like I, and that, that, 
that's not benefiting the it's the best option they have, but it's not the it's not optimal for they need they a point can. guard. They, they need, need a point, point guard. guard. It's glaring. But it's Book did play point guard in the past, and I did like how he did because he did he was high his career high in assists and was playing well years ago before they got everybody, before they made the run to the yeah. finals. Um, but it's a different type of game now. It's a different look for him. They do need a point guard. I think losing campaign hurt them a little bit. Uh, but they need somebody that's a pure point guard, you know, somebody at least a backup or somebody that's solid that can just set the table. You know, CP yeah. is dearly missed over there. Yeah. All right. My next prediction for 2024, the New York Knickerbockers by the end of the calendar year will be a true, not a fringe, a true title contender. I think Jalen Brunson has already proved just how good he could be. He looks like he's going to be a perennial all-star and he's on a great, an absolute great contract. You at, you have somebody like Julius Randle who's cheap. proven they to got be him for cheap. Yeah, you got a guy like Julius Randle who's proven to be an all-star. You have quality wings in OG Ananobi, Dante DiVincenzo, Quentin Grimes, Josh Hart. Man, if only if Mitchell Robinson was healthy, but that's neither here nor there. How do you think they get there? This is how they get there. One of those, probably one of those wings whether it be a DiVincenzo, a Quentin Grimes, a Josh Hart, one of those wings probably gets packaged along with maybe a Mitchell Robinson or Isaiah Hartenstein, one of those Evan Fournier. One of those, one of those bigs. And you have to include Evan Fournier because he's making a lot of money. And that's your, that's your salary cap filler. And then because with the OG Ananobi trade, the Knicks did not trade. The only gave up a second round pick that's owed to the uh, Detroit Pistons. They, they still have all of their first round pick draft capital. So you take all of your draft capital, your first round pick draft capital, you you throw in something, a nice young player, a DiVincenzo or a Quentin Grimes, and you go ahead and get the big star, the okay. guy who makes Jalen Brunson the 1B or even mm-hmm. the 2 and makes Julius Randle the 2B or the Who's 3. Who's that big star? I have no idea who that is, <laughs> but I am hoping the Knicks hold no more trades. If you're the Knicks, no more trades no more assets out the door until that guy presents himself. Until then, you just keep it rocking. Everything is positive right now. Be competitive, and you just let the chips fall where they may. I think that's how they should play it out. I don't see it. I don't see oh, a come on, Danny. or a star. I, if they can get that guy, and that guy to me is a Joel Embiid, which most teams ain't letting that go. Philly's not letting Joel Embiid go. No, they're not. They're Superstars, not. That where they are, they're not being let go then there's not going to for those pieces that you're trying to package and picks unless that superstar says, I want out unless a Giannis. That's what I'm saying. That's all the, that's all Joel Embiid would have to say is, Hey, I want out. And all of a sudden, if you're Philly, but that, that superstar also has to be a bigger wing or a big, because you have Jalen Brunson. You can't go get a Donovan Mitchell. You can't go get a Donovan Mitchell. Wouldn't make sense. The guys that are the superstars, You can only have exactly, and now you're reducing the the box that you can tap into. Yeah, there are superstars that are guards. It could be a Bradley Beal. It could be you know what I'm saying you can't get those guys. I mean, you have guards already. You know, yeah. you, you can't go to those guys now. You can only go to bigs. So the superstar bigs, Joel, Giannis, Jokic, they're not going nowhere. They're not going anywhere. So I don't see it happening for. So the it has Knicks. to be a superstar wing. It has to be a wing or a power forward, maybe, which is is, is not out there. It's Pascal, you know, you know who Pascal's else? Pascal's not worth that capital. You got that. You got, exactly. You already have Julius Randle. Yeah, I don't know who it's going to be, Danny, but the NBA always finds a way. Unless you get Sagun, 
That's only no, guy. No, 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 no. He's too young. And then, no, no, no. It's, he's good. Yeah, man. it's it's gonna be tough. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's up and coming. So that's the only way I see it happening. Like, okay, you can be, but he still don't make you contenders at that point. No, so, no, no. if Houston's not letting him go either. So for me, my prediction end of 2024, the team that could be in contention that can have some pieces to make a good move and that has been playing well, it is in the East. I know There's two teams. Say. It's going to be the West. I have Sacramento Kings and in the East. I have Indiana Pacers. Yeah, I know. I think those two teams have capital to make it happen and can find. They have more open, you know, obviously open they have slots. Sabonis. They have Sabonis and they have Fox already in, in Sacramento. So they just need a superstar wing that can put them over. Indiana already has the point guard. They have Miles Turner who's been playing. They have Buddy, but they can use other pieces. Matherin, uh, they have Toppin. They have other guys they can use to get a wing, a superstar wing, as you, as you yeah. can will, to put you in contention. Now, I'm not saying... Well, long contenders, I'm saying on the fringe. But I can yeah. see Indiana getting back to the PG days when they were in the Eastern Conference Finals playing Miami to that point if they f- make that move by end of 2024. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. I, I don't... Is that who you knew I was going to say? Did you know yeah, I was going to say? I know. Okay. The Indiana Pacers are a very, very popular pick to make Rick another Car- Rick Carlisle's got them balling, man. They're playing high clip yeah. and they're scoring a lot of points. So Yeah. I, I will be we're recording this on Wednesday, January 3rd. They beat That's Milwaukee again, too. Yeah. They have, for some well, reason they have their number. It, <laughs> some reason they have Wednesday, their number. we're recording this on Wednesday, January 3rd. Best believe I will be watching that Pacers Bucks game tonight. It's the fifth time they've played this so far this season. And you're right. Uh, Pacers oh, yeah, last in game. season tournament. Yeah. In All right. Uh, last so. pre- yeah, last prediction for 2024. And uh I'm going to uh I'm just gonna make this a wish. A wish. And you've you've noticed it. I know producer Jed has noticed it as well. I want to, in 2024, I want to normalize people in general not being on social media. As much or at all? As much. I've thoroughly enjoyed not being on Instagram as much, not being on X as much. And Maybe there's a new social media app that comes around that g- captures my attention again, but I'm just going to keep it real. I'm done with Instagram. I'm done with Twitter. I don't like social media no more, but I need, oh, I, obviously I need, it. need I it. I have to use it. Get your information. I, Twitter. Okay. Twitter gets you information. Yeah, I mean, Twitter I is what done. I like. Instagram. I'm, 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 I could be on Instagram once a week and I'd be totally happy with it. Okay. You sound like a settled man. I'm just happy. I just don't like Instagram anymore. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, well, here's what I got to do. Here's what I got to do. I know what I have to do. And I, I social media is cool. It. Everything else, I don't know. TikTok, yeah, everything. TikTok, I don't Snapchat. Know come on, we don't got time. There's for another that. one. Lens. I'm like, I don't know what that, that see? is. You, know? you see, yeah. I got what I need to do. I need to better curate my Instagram feed so that I see everything that I see is what I want to see. The problem is, I'll open Instagram. I'll see the two more you're on that it. I like. Yeah, the more you're on it, the more you'll they'll have you know they'll read your mind they'll hear your voices and they'll have sports and they'll have news you got to follow the yeah. right people and once you like what you're supposed to like it'll curate your explore page will have nothing but everything you yeah. want to see whether I'm it's getting a whole bunch houses of, uh, whether it's interior you know, decorated furniture yeah yeah you, you know what i'm saying you just moved in someplace the last time you were probably heavily on it you're probably interior decorating your crib yeah so that's 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 what's going on that's that's just my hope that's just normalized just not being on Instagram on social media as much. That's just not a prediction. It's just a hope of 2020. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, things that are glaring, obviously viral videos of people not even living in the moment and they're just video recording the whole crowd. Yeah. Just, just be. Um, I hope 
that in by 2024, if not in the next couple of years, we get rid of the robot workers. If oh, will. the AI I'm workers. I'm tired of going to places where we have to do self-checkout. Like, there's a reason why these people, well, there were pe- people in place to have these jobs. These, first of all, it's a job opportunity for people. Mm-hmm. And it makes it easier for us as a customer to get things done. Everywhere I go now, nobody's working. You go into the airport, (laughs) me and my family, can you please help us check in? Oh, go to the the screen and do this and print out your own board, your own bag tag. No, no, lady, you're here. What what are you here for? Work. You know what I'm saying? Put stuff in the bag, groceries, help me bag them, put them in the cart. You know what I'm saying? You got to do everything yourself now. Nobody wants to work. And then they complain there's not as many jobs out there. I would like to go back to the old school ways. There's a greeter. She gets paid. She has a family. She don't see a little living. Yeah, just a little warmth. A little warmth. A little and warmth from the customer. You, yeah. know, you do it. Come on, man. Tired yeah, of having to, I like that. to deal with, with non-working or having to do stuff myself on a computer. Like, yo, somebody should be doing this. This is what you're here paid to do. So yeah. do it. And have we have more of you here. And then make it easy. <laughs> now you have a job. And now we make it easy for us. I'm with that. I'm with that. Let's yeah, let's let's try and cut out all the computers and and the non the, all the self serves. I, I can get down with that for 2024. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, a little quick trivia. Uh, I think Danny, what what I would like to do is uh, maybe keep a counter of who has who answers the who gets the most trivia questions right throughout the course of the year, and then we'll figure out how to to how to compensate the winner. Uh, mm-hmm. I got some trivia questions here from producer Jed. Uh, we're going to skip the first one. Cause I believe we both know the answer to this one. And if we don't, yeah. then we shouldn't be doing this pod. Uh, all right, this team. Oh, this is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. This team has the highest 2023, 2024 field goals made. So basically which team has the most field goals made so far this NBA season. I'm going to go with the highest scoring team. I'm going to go, and they shoot the less free throws. I'm going to go with Indiana Pacers, man. Oh, oh, per, oh, you're going by percentage. Oh, it's percentage. Okay, field goal percentage. I think goal it's just percentage. field goals made. I don't know if it's nah, percentage. It, I just go, I'm just going field goals. No, no, no. But the, question, the question is field goal percentage. Which team, sh- which team is Shoots shooting the, the best? I still think it goes with the team that's scoring the most. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Indiana Pacers. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks because Giannis should be really boosting up their field goal percentage with all of his rim rim attacks. Field goal percentage for this season so far. I'm going Milwaukee Bucks. Danny is going Indiana Pacers. What's the answer? Pacers, 50.7%. It's an easy one, bro. Whoever scores the most points. And they don't shoot a lot of free throws. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like they have a Joel Embiid that's getting... Giannis gets a lot of free throws. Dame gets a lot of free throws. And I've been following Milwaukee. They they had some nights where they struggled. Um, Uh, It was the Indiana Pacers, by the way. So for those who didn't hear, because we see it now in our little yeah. feed but indiana, indiana pacers, pacers is the number all is right. the answer one one zero in favor of danny before we close out yeah. the show all right here's the next one this player is the only player in history to average 40 points in a calendar month outside of joel and bead mm. will will chamberlain i would have to say i would have to say wilt too that's that's that would be my answer yeah it's will yep. chamberlain okay yeah only reason i know that is because i saw that joel has like a streak of 30 point games, 30 and 10, 30, mm-hmm. 30 and he's 10. On four, he's, at, he's on 14, like 14 street. Yeah. I think the next person is 16. That's Kareem. And then I think, Wilt did it like 
65 six times God, <laughs> <Some crazy. laughs> God damn he, he did it like some crazy number it was like 65 65 for six seasons he did it six times or something like that which is crazy Jeez, that's nuts all right yeah. uh next one this current player has played oh this one's easy too both of us know this answer uh this current player has played every single game in of his career for a total of 422 consecutive games i, I know the not. answer do you, you do not know this answer all right, um, uh, I remember back in the day, the Iron Man was it was like Tristan was one of them. I'm trying to think for his come career, on, bro. I he's only been in the league, so he's got he's been in the league, so he's new. He's been in the league for four years. I'll let you I'll let you give your answer first because I know the answer. Every single game of his career, 422 games divided by eight, so at least three or four four years, right? About three or four years. Who's a three or four year player that hasn't missed the game? You're gonna get so mad when you when you hear the answer. Hey, do we got a we got a timer on this before he gets yeah. it? So I can tie is the game the up. Is he in the East or West? Is he in the East or West? There's no hints for this one. This should be off the dome, bro. All right, hold on. I'm giving you. I'm putting on a clock here. I'm giving you. Uh, I'm giving you thirty more. I'm giving you thirty seconds. All right. Um, for some reason, I feel like I just came across this guy too recently. They played twenty seconds. The, played the other night. Oh man. Ten seconds. Yeah, I'm 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 drawing a blank, bro. I have no idea. I have no All idea. Right. I'm trying. All right. The answer, the answer better be I wouldn't be upset if it's not it. Mikhail Bridges. Yeah. 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 There, you there you go. go. There we go. That yes. makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he, he recently started a game but didn't play the rest of it. Jock Ron yeah, they played him, him, but they, they played him twelve minutes or something. That was weird. I'm they like, played why him, like they played the him like they played him like they played like all the starters 10 yeah. minutes. They played all starters yeah. 10 minutes or something like that. And then that was healthy. it. Yeah. All right. The last, uh -huh. the last one. Here we go. Uh, this one will break the tiebreaker. This player has the largest shoe size known for an NBA player. I'll let you go first. I think I'm going to go. Answer. I'm going to go with George Mirasan, right? Dude was seven. Is, yeah. Seven, seven, seven. Yeah. It was seven, but, seven. I got to go with George Mirasan. I'm going to go either Sean Bradley or Boban. Uh, I'm going to go with, Ooh. I'm going to go with, Boban. Okay, what we got? Shaq. Shaq. 22. Wow. I thought Dang. for sure. Boban, had, I think Boban was a 22. I think so. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. I think there's some people have tied it. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to look into that. Uh, so the, the trivia ties up at one. Uh, we'll continue the trivia next time around. Uh, it was a pleasure rocking with y'all. Happy New Year again. And uh, Boban, by the way, size 20, my friend. Wow. So okay. Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> If anybody gets asked a trivia question who has the largest shoe in NBA history, Shaq is the answer at size 22. With that being said, uh, it is time for us to go. We'll be back next week. Make sure you follow us on all things social. Uh, Read, rate, Twitter, subscribe, review. Green Room Inside and on Instagram at Inside Green Room. We'll see you guys next time around. Peace. Peace. Peace.